He got a superpower. These are so dangerous. Probably like linguistics. Like I every language. Oh every form, every dialect. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. You could go to space. You know alien languages. Hell yeah, man. Dude. With like I think about the real trip, the things that are necessary. <laughs> The like, practicality. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, great, I can read your mind, but like, <laughs> all I know is you're eye fucking like, me. Like, get. I have a hard time at the airport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guess what you don't have a hard time at when you can read all languages? Mm-hmm. A hard time at the airport. You oh, don't yeah. have it. Mm-mm. You no. simply won't. That's just sick. You're never alone. Hashtag never alone. <laughs> this is a bad idea. Those are so good. <laughs> There's a giant bag. <laughs> don't say that. Don't tell me that. I don't need to. I, I don't know that. fruit. Oh, that's true. I need a bunch of fruit. <laughs> so it's cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. That balances out. We did do Tai Chi, though. So. Mm-hmm, stretched. <laughs> we did some kind of tai chi we just did the water bending part <laughs> yeah, but i mean sure. we just did our waves mm-hmm. what do you imagine i have i'm boring i have a wave of water fire fire oh. i would be 110 percent fire fucking nation that makes sense can we get started yeah yeah <laughs> welcome to the randy rochelle podcast Nightcaps and recaps. I'm Rochelle. And I'm Randy. So, the first Wombo Combo. Wombo Combo! Let's try this again. Uh, first Wombo Combo I have entitled, America is Made of Immigrants. And after saying it again, for the second time out loud, <laughs> I am even less sure of it <laughs> being the title of the Wombo Combo. Hey, I'm down for it. In 1772, Haitian explorer Jean-Baptiste Pointe du Sable settles in Chicago. Okay. He comes to the New World. He comes to the U.S. of A. Well, what will be the U.S. of A. Mm-hmm. And becomes a trader around the Great Lakes. Just like Hamilton. Was Hamilton a trader? Yeah. He took over a trading business in America. He did it like... Yeah, I guess. <laughs> she said, yeah, she I guess. Thing. I wonder if they knew each other. Is that even the right time? It totally is. Whoa. <gasps> Whoa. They totally did business They could have together. met each other. Crazy. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> but he's described as handsome and well-educated, mm-hmm. and everybody likes him. He's real successful. He meets a Native American woman, Kitawaha. I'm pretty sure I got that right. I hope okay. I did. Um, they had two children together. Oh, I didn't do this the first time I read it through. In the early 1780s, he was arrested just north of what is today Detroit by the British military for being an American rebel sympathizer. Relevant. (laughs) (laughs) Relevant. (laughs) It was discovered in a trader journal that on June 6th, 1772, he had been traveling around being a great trader and everything and decided to settle down at the mouth of what will be the Chicago River and set up a trade settlement and it was great. 
It did so good. <laughs> he was very good at this. In Chicago? It went and really well. Now it's Chicago. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's where it is. That's what happened. Then Chicago happened. But wow. he's known as the father of Chicago because of that. Gotcha. Uh, the site where he settled is identified as a National Historic Landmark. Um, he has a school, museum, harbor, park, and bridge named after him. That's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. He's... Get it, bro. <laughs> Get it, Fergie. All the, all the time I hung around, girls hanging about, always looking at me up and down, looking at my uh. That was spot on. <laughs> Is Fergie here? <laughs> Where I am. I love I, Chicago. I love Fergie. <laughs> <laughs> Man, no. Okay, yeah. Has I, Fergie ever been to Chicago? Uh, I don't know, but I also love Chicago. When I visited there last, I stayed in a hotel that was like home alone. And oh, um, so I felt so prestigious living in this hotel for oh, a few days. Yes. And I like was in walking distance of like all the little things that I needed. And it just like. I went like. It was so awesome. I went to a, like a cafe. And then I walked to the bean. It was like, oh my god, I feel rich. Oh, the bean. I feel so rich. <laughs> I just could like casually walk over here. I was just like, yep. ride on a touristy bus. And I was like, oh. So, that's one half of America is made of immigrants. This chocolate is so good. All right. The next part. In 1981, Maya Yang Lin wins competition to design the Vietnam War Memorial. That was one of the honorable mentions I was going to mention. Was it really? Yeah, or like, I also like kind of thought about making a main one, but... <sighs> I okay. really remember learning about this in middle school, mm -hmm. and she just is so good at what she did. Mm -hmm. Here, let me... Okay, so... On June 6, 1981, as a 21-year-old student at Yale University... She won the competition to design the Vietnam War Memorial in Washington, D.C. Yes. It was a blind choosing process, so they used numbers instead of reading names, mm. which she later attested. She was like, yeah, that's the only reason I was even considered and had a chance, because if they had read my ethnicity and my name, they would have never picked me, like if they had known the names. Oh. Which is backed up by the fact that after her ethnicity was revealed, um, like people went bonkers and were awful to her what, what okay what was what was her ethnicity she was is chinese uh -huh. yeah she got a lot of backlash okay with and a business politician ross perot called her an egg roll like it was petty oh nasty stuff okay. you know so you've never been to ds D, dsc DC. No, I've never been to DC. Okay, so the design of the memorial is two granite slabs that are angled towards each other and are thinner, like on the outside, mm -hmm. and are taller on the inside. Gotcha. And they feature the names of over fifty-eight thousand um, uh, soldiers who died during Vietnam War. Okay. Um, okay. It, she wanted it to look like she had cut into the earth and that like it would oh, give the message of like with time the initial violence will heal gotcha. she got a lot of backlash for the design because it was non-traditional because of her ethnicity and um, they wanted veterans who had survived they also wanted their names on there yeah 
I mean, they made just a... She had a reasoning why she didn't do that initially. Yeah. So they compromised and put a statue of three soldiers and an American flag next to her design. But okay. it's now it's one of the top ten America's favorite architecture, and it's one of the most visited spots on the uh, National Mall, which is like all those memorials in D.C. I love that one. It stuck out in my mind when I went there. Mm. It's beautiful. I always wanted to go to D.C. I've only seen it in like Forrest Gump. Oh, it's it's beautiful. But it's like, got so many different places. I'm not necessarily a patriot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think America has like gone astray from what they wanted the values to be. They mm. said one thing and did another. But I think those values are good values. And we could actually get to that point. It's just we haven't been there yet. But anyway, but, being in D.C. like kind of... I don't know. It conveys to like those values what America says it is. And yeah. what it could be. Like, yeah. It's pretty. But it's a, like a hopeful kind of thing. For sure. One it's day. Pretty. I'm, I'll go there one day. It's also great because like all the sites that you go to are typically free. Like all those memorials. Oh, a lot yeah. Of museums. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Well, maybe we'll see, we'll see one day. I don't know. It's nice. It looks cool, though. So um, it's your turn. My turn already. So while Miranda has her wombone combos... <laughs> I've got my trifectas. <laughs> really, really bad. I no, it wasn't. Um, but anyway, I, I have uh, my try thing. So my first one is um, 1933, the first drive-in theater opens in Camden, New Jersey. Drive-in theaters were first called park-in theaters. They were not, like, it was... Later on that they actually became drive-in theaters. So, like, because okay. you were parking your car. Like, that was what they called them. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Kind of. It's weird. Yeah. Um, drive-ins, drive-ins rolls better. Yeah. Like, Perkins, please come and see us. <laughs> like, it sounds like Perkins. Like, that Pennsylvania restaurant that I go to all the time with my family. It's like oh, a yeah. weird, like, it's like, the equi- <laughs> it's like the equivalent of, like, Frecker Barrel, but Pennsylvania version. Oh, okay. Yeah, but and like even more options. Like it's kind of ridiculous. Okay. My mom worked at the salad bar. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and she did other things. She just worked there. So anyway, Parkins. Um, and I actually got like the exact ad- address for this place. It's located on Crescent Boulevard in Camden, New Jersey. In case you ever wanted to go um, check out the old place. I don't know if it's, I think it's still open or I think it's like still existent. I don't know. But that's where it's at. They gave me an exact address. That's what I found out. So anyway, drive-ins were created by Richard Holland's head. So when I was doing my research on this guy, like I had a whole, there was like a whole like article about him. So the guy that created drive-in, quote unquote, aka park-in theaters, was uh, Richard Holland's shed. Um, he was a uh, fun fact fan of movies and worked at Wiz Auto Products under his father. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, guy probably like wanted to make something of himself, so he made it made these like drive-in theaters because he worked under his dad like most of his life. So, huh. I don't know, maybe Criminal Minds <laughs> behavioral analysis unit has like probably influenced me to think that, but you know, whatever. Um, 
we'll just go with it. Basic study of psychology. Mm-hmm. Which what? We're like, yeah. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to be better than you, Dad. Yeah. Um, so um, he was inspired by the fact that his mom didn't like movie theater seats. Like, she was uncomfortable, didn't like sitting in them. I think she just didn't like to be in public, maybe. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Not to make fun of her. She was probably a lovely lady. <laughs> but... <laughs> He was like, okay, let's take her out of movie theater seats and put her into car seats, which I didn't really understand where car seats might be more comfortable than... I don't mean, That's what I'm thinking. Movie is, theater seats? Like, were they not plush in the theaters? Maybe it's just because you can, like, do Lay whatever back, you want. Like, you can sit lean on somebody, you feel I like guess. in your own car. I guess. No damn car. I mean, yeah, they were, like, a big, like, privacy thing back yeah. in the, like, 60s. Uh, 50s, 50s or 60s. That's a fact later on. But <laughs> teen, they're hip with teenagers, not only families. Uh, <laughs> I love when they sell things like that. <laughs> this is ridiculous. A hip place for the family. But yeah, so his idea was uh, thought people would be more comfortable in their cars um, as well as like in the open air. So like it kind of just gave yeah. that like campy summer feel like you're just hanging out in your car and then like watching the movie like I've never actually been to a drive-in theater what? yeah like I've always driven past like them but like I've never actually gone to a drive-in theater yet and I'm a little we had we had one in my like hometown when I was really little and when it went out of business it was so painful oh is it like Riverdale or it was like an impact on the younger generation of uh, people Oh, the, the movie. No, I've never seen Riverdale. Oh, maybe it was supposed to be a funny joke. <laughs> Sorry, it like affected the town that the you know movie the the drive-in movie theater was like shut down. Like oh. people emotionally, was that how it was? Did it was. It was pretty sad. Yeah, there we go. Like yeah. you were Riverdale like times ten that probably. That's okay. what it is. That's what I'm oh not <laughs> I mean, don't you like it? It's so just like oh no, not the movie drive-in theater. I don't know that anybody like committed crime or did magic out of it, but yeah, I don't know that that happened. What if? <laughs> she said, "What if?" <laughs> what if like TV shows that are set in small towns did happen in your town and you just didn't know? You didn't know you were in an extra. I know I was an extra in um, Thirty Rock when I visited New York that one time. I saw Tina Fey right across from the um, ice skating or right outside ABC. That's when amazing. They Mm-hmm. It was pretty damn cool. I loved it. Anyway, so he um, he had this stuff like down, to, like he had this idea for a drive-in theater down to a fu- motherfucking science. He used um, his driveway to experiment with a projector and sound techniques. Um, ended up using a 1928 Kodak projector on his on the hood of his car. Pin, uh, pinned up a, a screen from trees. He put a radio behind the screen. Um, and even it tested against, um, tested his setup, like, with weather conditions. Um, oh, so, like, smart. yes, so that's what I was trying to say. I was like, <laughs> how do I say this? But, um, yeah, yeah so, yeah, because, like, if it rains and you're sitting in your car, like, I mean, you don't want everything to short out, like, yeah. out there. So, he tested against that, and he even figure out, figured out, um, the best spacing of cars, method to like yes. where everybody could have like the most ideal view of the yes. screen yeah now sound quality on the other hand was really really bad because it was just literally a speaker behind a screen at that point oh. so like if you're too far like if you weren't in the front row like you weren't gonna hear shit 
I wonder at what point they figured out because every time I went, like you turned on, you turned to a specific radio station. Yeah. Oh, do you have one? Yes. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. So yeah. So back in the day, that's how it like was. Um, so with this idea, he had he got an investment of um, thirty thousand dollars um, and advertised the theater as um, entertainment for the whole family. Um, <laughs> it was twenty five cents per car and then twenty five cents per person, God. but they like each car wouldn't be charged than more than more than a dollar. Was like I don't know if it was like a deal so they if had. You crammed eight kids. In your you could get it for a dollar. Like, Movies. I was like, whatever. You always had to cheat them. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, they fucking gouge ya. Popcorn yeah. is like $8. I don't go to theaters anymore. Right? Isn't that because crazy of that, that like, shit. You could see eight, eight drive-in movies at that time for mm-hmm. what costs exactly. a popcorn now. Mm-hmm. My, my, how the times change. Oh, my God. However do we do survive? So, as of 1949, they started popping up everywhere. Um, in 1947, there was 155 of them. By 1951, there was 4,151 of them. And then by oh 1958, God. there was over 4,000. Um, That's a huge boom. Yeah. Holy like, they God. were a big deal. They were you know a big what? deal. It doesn't really cost a whole... <laughs> Even Steve Carl. <laughs> I'm sorry, but if I could ever meet him, I would just cry. He's everybody's dad. <sighs> sorry, it's a big deal. <laughs> it is. It's a big deal. It is. Um, so one of the largest was in um, Copaig. I even looked up how to pronounce what it what that was because I like it's like Copaig. It, it no, it's just it's Copaig. Co- oh, just Copaig. New York. Or is that, is that Copenhagen, New York? No, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, oh no, am I really mispronouncing it that bad? No, no, it's okay. Oh, but I like that it, it looks like Copeg. Okay. I don't know, New York. Anyway, there's um 20, uh, no, sorry, there's 2,500 2, spots. That's how many spots they have in this drive-in theater. Sorry. Holy shit. There's a kid's playground. Full service restaurant. Yes. Uh, and it was on a 28 uh, acre lot. Holy like, this is cow. the biggest like crime and movie theater. And I was like, that sounds so great. Like that just sounds like a day out. That's also crazy because like that restaurant had to be popping. Oh yeah. Like people like coming to have a date people? there like, and then go see a movie. Yeah. Like Oh my gosh. Must have been like central. Like, man, I hope the servers made bank there. But you know they didn't. But I wish they did. No, <laughs> who knows? But uh, so they usually showed B like B rated movies. Um, they actually even had a similar list to what were in regular like normal theaters. Yeah. Um. So like, it really wasn't much of a difference other than um the poor sound quality. Right. Um. So after a while, they mar- mounted like three speakers that were man- manufactured by RCA Victor. Um, near to the screen to try to like make more sound, but then they later made it possible to tune in on radios. So um, that was a brilliant decision. Exactly, like to keep it up. So like it worked out. Um, it definitely spiked in uh, World War Two. Its heyday was in the late fifties and sixties, and there were um, over like five thousand or so left across the country around World War. It was like an icon in American culture. Like it was like the big thing to do. Like people went there on like weekend trips to go hang out at like movie theaters or, or these drive-in movie theaters. 
Um, and later, like I said earlier, it was started to be for families, but later on kind of became this like thing for couples. Hubba hubba. Yeah, yeah. Like hubba hubba. Hubba hubba. Like, ha- like privacy. Necking like, at the drive. Exactly. <laughs> like you can sit there and watch a movie, but be, it was almost like watching a movie in the privacy of your own home, but mm-hmm. it was just the car. Like, and also, like, you're kind of in a safe environment, so, like, right. if something were to happen, there's people around. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I think that's, like, just a cool thing. Like, it, it was, like, it started out as the plan to make his mom more comfortable in movie theaters, and it kind of, like, turned into that, but... Aww. There's always a downfall in nice things. That's Liter- why we can't have nice things. Literal mother necessity is the birth of invention. Ha! His mom was like, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like movie chairs. <laughs> Will you go fix me some new ones? <laughs> Richard. Richard, I want to see a movie, but I don't like the theater seats. Can you just fix that problem for me? Thanks. Sure, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he has like I don't know either. two packs of cigarette a day. <laughs> Boys. <laughs> Oh, no. Anyway. Oh, no. So, we can't always have nice things, obviously. Like, things like that die out. Um, the downfall in driving, driving theaters was, uh, you know, rise of real estate, um, especially in, like, the suburbs. So, that's how a lot of those closed down. Um, the growing walk-in theater business, like, boomed. Like, I mean, who wants to sit in their car where it's stuffy when there's, like, AC pumping in, I guess, yeah, kind of situation. Oh, and, oh, rentals businesses, like, Hollywood Video, um, Blockbuster, like, oh, yeah, all those things. That game, too. Completely. Like, it just, like, not only did it take away from, like, regular theater business, but it definitely pulled even more away from drive-in theater business, so. We like convenience. <sighs> It's sad, but it's true. Yeah. One my, my one last thing, uh, fun fact. Um, drive-in theaters were also um, uh, becoming very popular in Australia during the 1950s and 60s. So not only were they popular in the United States, but they also, like, popped off in Australia. <laughs> They're like, hey, what's up? We're doing the same thing, America. They're like, oh, crikey, there's a spider on the fucking theater screen. Like... <laughs> That's absolutely what they were saying. Oh. It's blocked out the entire screen. That's literally like it was just movie <laughs> driving theaters probably watching. No, Steve Irwin wasn't alive during the 50s or 60s. Was he? No. No. Maybe so. he was a baby. They are popular in Australia as well. That's cool. Australia and America are occasionally vibing. Yeah, they're like, hey, what's up, bro? It's what's cool. Up? I'm not vibing with all those giant fucking bugs, though. Uh, yeah. Mm-mm. Animals, like... Me and a camel spider don't vibe. <gasps> yep. Mm-mm. No. I just don't want to see a snake. Snake is nice. I love snakes. I think snakes are cool, but... No, alligator. That would be the most frightening. Okay. Let's move on to honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Hell yeah. Rapid fired list. So, I have... In 1536, Mexico begins its Inquisition... In 1844, YMCA is formed by George Williams in London. I saw that one. We all know what happens at the YMCA. Oh, God, don't remind me. Young men. <laughs> <laughs> Where you can go, I said. Young men. 
<laughs> so gay. <laughs> I love it. Maybe. I don't know. It became a mecca. What's exactly. up? Uh, 1900, Congress passes civil code in Alaska due to lawlessness from gold rush. So basically, they had to like revamp all kind a whole legal system in Austra- in Australia. <laughs> in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> in Alaska because okay. people went buck wild during the gold rush. Buck they wild. were just like slit slitting necks and go- I mean it's crazy. Bye. <laughs> okay. Uh, in 1912, the eruption of Novarupta in Alaska, largest volcanic eruption of the 20th century. 1914, the first air flight out of sight of land, Scotland to Norway. 1916, voters in East Cleveland approve women's suffrage. Heck yeah. Important. Importante. 1944, Uh, (laughs) Um, D-Day. That's a big deal. It's a really big one that I didn't want to do because it just... It's so big that I think it would overwhelm. It would it would be a lot. I looked at it too and I was yeah. like, I no, I can't. We just do it. don't have it's enough time. So much. That would have to be like a special Yeah. That would be something that we'd both have to collaborate on. Yeah. Like, ugh. I'm sure we could do one of those. We'd do or like a debate sometime. or something about it. Oh, that would be neat. Mm. Each pick a side. Yeah. Love that. So anyway, D Day. Yep. Nineteen sixty eight, Robert Kennedy dies. <laughs> another big one that I thought about mm-hmm. doing and it was like I just there's so much to it like all the conspiracy theories oh yeah and assassination would be really Kennedy cool family. to talk about like big picture ooh ooh yeah. that's yeah. my honorable mentions that's your honorable mentions I love mm-hmm. it um okay I have uh, in 1520 France and England signed Treaty of Scotland um that treaty was the Treaty of Edinburgh also known as the Treaty of Leith um, it was drawn up between the commissioners of Queen Elizabeth I of England with the assent of the Scottish and the French representatives of King Francis II of France to conclude the siege of Leith. It's a big deal. <laughs> Sorry, I like it, that was the entire. I was like, there's no way that I could like I literally copy and paste that for Wikipedia. Yeah. But like, I didn't want to just say the treaty and yeah. not explain what the treaty was. Yeah, because um, I. Scrolled past that. <laughs> uh, 1799, death of uh, Patrick Henry, American revolutionary and founding father, famous for his give me liberty or give me death speech, dies at 63. Um, he died in Red Hill of stomach, stomach cancer. What a way to go. Yeah. Um, uh, 1939, the ship MS St. Louis carrying 907 Jewish refugees from Europe begins sailing back to the continent after it was refused entry into America. Approximately a quarter of those on board uh, would perish in the Holocaust. Hmm. Wonder if that could have been prevented. I wonder. Hmm. 1944, Death, Den Brotheridge, British Lieutenant, uh, was the first to die during D-Day at 28. Dang. I was really sad about that. Wow. Yep. Uh, 1946, Henry Morgan is first to take off shirt on TV. That just, I, I couldn't find any actual proof of it, but like the fact that it was on the website, I was like, okay, I'm going to put this down. Nice. Uh, 1951, first Berlin International Film Festival opens. 
Pretty cool deal. Uh, 1965, Rolling Stones releases uh, the single, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Oh, yes. I can't I just love it. Could have been the song of the day. Yeah. Well, with Only the Lonely, but that's a good one, too. It's a good one. I dig it. Um, and then my la- the last one on that segment is uh, 1966, The Death of Claudette Orberson. Uh, Roy's wife died. Rory Orberson's wife. Orbison. <laughs> I can't fucking say it. Yeah. Uh, dies in a motorcycle uh, crash. That's insane. He's the song of the day. I know. It makes me go insane. I feel like I don't usually want to reveal the song of the day this yeah. early, but that's insane. <laughs> that, is, that is insane. Oh. Can you imagine? That could be one of your specials. Just a whole one about Roy Orbison. Yeah. What was his wife's name? Um, Claudette. Claudette. That's such an elegant name. Those are the honorable mentions. Hell yeah. So now the second Wombo Combo. Wombo Combo. (laughs) uh, Is entitled Get Money, Do Crimes. (laughs) That sounds like a really good (laughs) rap song. Nice. Thank you. What was it again? I'll drop my album soon. Get money, do crimes. I think it's like get money, thing. do crimes. There's like it's like a format. What is get money, do drugs? Maybe? I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't remember what it is. Uh, fuck bitches, get money. Oh, maybe that's it. <laughs> fuck bitches, get money. <laughs> wow. Don't ever oh. quote me on that. I'm gonna make that the opening sentence. <laughs> That's your title for this Wombo Combo. The actual title of this Wombo Combo is Fuck Bitches Get Money. You gotta riff it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Get Money Do Crimes. 1999, the largest jailbreak in Brazilian history. Oh. So on June 6th, 1999, 345 out of 456 prisoners escaped from the Putum. Prison located in São José dos Campos, Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, they had had a jailbreak on the Christmas before. Um, that the June sixth breakout is the eighth since it opened <laughs> four years before. Oh, yeah, that's like two a year. <laughs> what are y'all doing wrong? Yes. <laughs> so um, they're equipped with electronic locks and video surveillance and radios. It's not like a dilapidated, like, rundown prison. Mm-hmm. What happened, 12,045 wardens were indicted in a 17-month period for assisting or looking the other way during jailbreaks. Um, one week after this event, four armed men broke into a prison at the 1st Police District in Sao Paulo. They broke out 63 of 76 inmates, but this prison was only designed to hold 24 people. <gasps> They had 73 in there? Mm-hmm. Whoa. So it kind of points to the problem, right? Well, yeah, of course you're having freaking breakouts. Like, yes. that's what you're doing wrong. And I'm wondering, like, that also kind of points to why people are, like, looking the other way on these jailbreaks. Like, the treatment of the prisoners and, like, the living conditions are not good. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's hard to watch other... Hu- that's a good thing. It should be hard to watch other human beings suffer. Yeah. I'm not saying, you know, like, you got murderers and stuff and stuff happens. But, yeah, like, but I, I mean, mean, they're still human. Like, there's, there's a weird gray area. Yeah. And it leads to mass breakouts in Brazil. Always. Um, But, yeah. 
is a huge breakout. Oh no. I just find that fascinating because jailbreaks are fascinating. They really fucked some bitches and got some got out of there. But like when you think about a jailbreak, you think of like two people, maybe oh, one. Oh yeah, no. It's so like very a riot. never happens. Mm-hmm. And then it was this one. It's like three hundred people <laughs> that were all gone. The main gate. Oh, <laughs> they're all gone. Like, oh, shit. That reminds me of uh, Overwatch, the movie, where that whole drill break scene where there's, like, a whole riot in the place. Have you seen that? Oh, my gosh. The movie? Oh, you gotta watch Watchmen. Okay. Watch it. There's a good jailbreak scene in it. Have you seen Shawshank Redemption? Actually, no, I have not. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. I know that's There's some old movies that that I'm like, like, yeah, I've seen, like, I've heard of Shawshank Redemption. Like, didn't that prison actually, no, that was the Green Mile. That prison got hit by a tornado here recently. Did it really? Yeah. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Shawshank Redemption is worth a watch if you ever uh, get the opportunity. I might. I don't know. Like, movies these days. Picky. There's a lot to watch. I get you. I yeah. get you. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Also in 2019, German serial killer nurse Niels Hogel jailed for a second life sentence. Buckle your seatbelt. Second. Second. Oh. Buckle your seatbelt. All right. So, Niels Hogel was a German man whose mother was a paralegal and whose father and grandmother were both nurses. By his own account, his childhood was sheltered and nonviolent. He grew up pretty darn normal. Everything is chill. He became a nurse in 1997 and stayed at the hospital he, he trained in. In 1999, he began working at a different hospital, Klinikum Oldenburg, in the cardiac intensive care unit. That's where I am. Oh, man. But for kids. Oh, man. Uh, in 2001, a meeting was held at this hospital regarding a spike in reanimations and death. After this meeting, Hogel called in sick for three weeks. He said, Doc, I got, I, got a, I got other things to do. During the time he was on sick leave, only two patients passed away. 58% of the unit deaths happened on his shifts. He was transferred to the anesthesiology department under suspicion. Then, in 2002, he was asked to resign or move departments because several of his patients had been found in life-threatening conditions for unknown reasons. So all of this is happening, people are aware, like he's getting shuffled around and moved, but no legal action is being taken. This is, these are a lot of lives gone. A lot of people are suspicious, but aren't doing anything. Instead, he received a reference letter from the clinical director of nursing, nursing who said Holgel reacted appropriately to pre- pressured situations and in fact praised his devotedness and cooperative conduct. That's how sociopaths work. They mm-hmm. make you think that or is it is it psychopath or sociopath? More likely sociopath. Sociopath, yeah. They like make you think that they're totally fine, but really they're just like ah, they're fucked yep. up. Oh yep. my god! So originally he moved, then he moved to another hospital. Mm-hmm. Originally he was held in high regard at this hospital, but soon they became suspicious there too. His superiors never reacted to anything, even after finding four vials of missing. Ashmaline, which is a powerful antiarrhythmic agent. It makes your heart stop. <laughs> they were found in his ward. Three years later, in 2005, his coworkers caught him actively tampering with a patient's syringe pump, adding Ashmaline, which is that heart-stopping agent. So they caught him red-handed. No. This launched an entire investigation. Mm-hmm. There were a bunch, like, oh, so many people who came forward and were like, yeah, it's pretty suspicious. This has happened, this has happened, this has happened. 
A year into the investigation, he was sentenced to five years in prison for voluntary manslaughter and five years probation from working in the medical field. That's it. That's it? He yeah. didn't lose his license? He just got... Just, well, he did, but for five years. Just only five years? And then he got it back? Gotta learn your lesson. Oh, my God. Luckily. <laughs> Luckily. That didn't, like, it gets worse. For the next 11 years, a mass investigation goes on. 134 bodies from 63 cemeteries across Turkey, Poland, and Germany were exhumed and studied. Uh, Some were too decomposed to even find traces of medicine. He confessed to at least 30, and it was estimated that in various places of employment, he had administered nearly 200 unauthorized injections, which led to death and resuscitation. Oh my, that's 200 people. Um... That's a serial killer. So he, like, his whole thing that he liked doing was, like, putting people as close to death as possible and then bringing them back so he looked like the hero. Oh, it's those like, motherfuckers. Yeah. It, oh. I'm sure it needs its own name as a disease. Like, Munchausen's is really specific. This yeah. is, like, adjacent. Yeah. And oh. maybe it does have its own name and I don't know it, but it's like an angel of death kind of thing where they think that they're... Like, being merciful, maybe? But it's not even that. Like, he just wants to be the hero. I feel like there is. Roughly 110 deaths were on his hand, but only about 97 of them hold, held any evidence that they could use. He was charged 47,000 euro for medical opinions and court fees. So, last year, a trial in 2019 was held for 24 days in a ballroom because of the number of cases joined together and people involved. On June 6th, Niels Hogel was officially charged with 55 murders. And only 14. 50. Right? They said that they, like, only had enough evidence to convict. Okay, gotcha. And, like, stick. 55 murders is still a lot. That's still a lot. And yeah. 14 attempted murders. Yeah. Um, Germany does not use capital punishment, so he was given a second life sentence uh, without possibility of parole. His lawyers have appealed and weighed a response. Um, there are also four former employees who await trial due to knowing about his actions and saying nothing. He could get it appealed, technically. What? This was just last year that he got this sentence. This last year? Yeah, this dude's still alive. He's, like, in jail. What? Yeah. That sounds like some shit that you see on Assassin's Creed, like, on a mission. <laughs> like, he kills people, like, they bring in, and blah, with this chemical, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's the... T- think about hospitals, like, how much security there is and everything, and, like, he... He killed so many people. Wow. And fucked with even more, like, and then did resuscitate them. Like, they died and came back. Like, it's, it's insane. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Get money, do crimes. Get money, do crimes. <laughs> he said, I'm ready. Um, that also, that serial killer syndrome is called, uh, it's like a separate, there's angel of mercy or angel of death syndrome okay. basically yeah not syndrome but like it's just like the type of killer they refer to them as like okay i thought they're like they got a hero complex but like they've got to be the ones to kill them and bring them back to life kind of right. situation they need There's, more opportunities so i've watched a lot of those episodes <laughs> yeah i know what kind of profile that is i listen to a lot of true crime <laughs> you listen to the real shit. I watch the fake shit. Hi, it gives me anxiety, but helps my anxiety. It's confusing. It's like it's okay. Like there's always a science to something. Like there's <laughs> there's a if there's a will, that you will get found if you get kidnapped. I I will. I will fight with every inch of myself. Honestly, I doubt that I could ever get kidnapped. Yeah. See, that's where I really like being tall and just 
Strong. Strong. It's so like, you know what? <laughs> Existing in my own body feels pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I think I could do some damage. Yeah. I took martial arts. We were at the top of the, 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 what was it? We were top of the fight pyramid thing. At the oh, end. yeah. What was it called? <laughs> they did a on-paper tournament yeah. of, like, fight club. Yeah, and yeah. for all and of the we, girls we, in the department. the final ones. That's accurate, though. That's what I'm saying. Who were like, we ever not going to get to each me. other? I don't think I got to see it. They me just neither. told me, like... Oh, okay, yeah. It wasn't... I think it got posted at one point, but... Did it really? Yeah. That's I don't know. beautiful. Alrighty. Um, in 1970, on June 6th, um, Sarah Desen was born. Um, so I remember when I started getting into reading, um, Sarah Desen was like one of the few authors that authors that I started listening to, or she was one of the first authors I started reading. Now the first book I ever read was What It Happens by Susan Colasanti. Oh, Susan Colasanti. I love that. I had that book. You do? Oh my God. Yes. She's one of my favorite books ever. Like honestly, like half the passcodes. Just kidding. But just saying, like, I love those books. Like, young adult novel books, like, I just, like, because, like, I never had that growing up, you know? Like, yes. I never got to have that, like, perfect girl, perfect high school, like, grades, things. I don't think like, anybody and, does, but it's nice to live in that fantasy yeah. in your head. Like, that's the beauty of a book. Exactly. And that's what Sarah Dyson, I think, was, like, really good at. Like, she really got my imagination. Like, with my, I think my favorite book, my favorite book is This Lullaby. Um, mainly because the love interest and in its name is Dexter, and I just love that name. And <laughs> that his character in general is like that bad boy, like lives in an apartment with his three friends and is in a band. Not necessarily bad boy. He's just like a quirky, like I'm just yeah. trying to like have a rock band, like in it for the music kind of oh, type yeah. character. Like not really like in the drunk, like crazy drug scene. He's yeah, yeah. It's like he likes music fresh out of high and, school yeah. band. Like, yes. they're just, they're getting there. Uh, so good. Feel good. And then, um, I think, I think The Truth About Forever is my other favorite one. Um, she's in a, um, catering service. That's the main characters. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. That's I one of my remember favorites. that one, too. She's, she's great. Anyway. I love all those, like, romancy, but also about something. Yeah. Kind of YA. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, it would be perfect. Like, they're soft. She will get there. Like, um, well, if you didn't know, don't know who Sarah Desan is, um, she's an American novelist, lives in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, um, was born in Evanston, Illinois. Uh, both her parents taught Shakespeare literature in the classics while she was growing up. Can you imagine having those? That's like it's that's, a magical way to grow up. I'm sure it wasn't actually, but like, literally, there's though. some parts of it that had to have been. I just imagine that's what their parents were like to like. Oh yeah, her parents were like, so were like, sweet oh, and, articulate, you know, yeah. things. I don't know, maybe. Um, <laughs> might contribute to like what happened to her when she was a teenager. Um, Sarah San was a bad, quote unquote, bad teenager growing oh. up. Um, she dated a twenty-one-year-old when she was fifteen. Oof. Uh, took blame for everything that happened between the two of them. Um, oh no! She, yeah, <laughs> you're a child. <laughs> exactly. Um, she did drugs. Um, lied to her mom. Um, but like, evidently, like, learned a big life lesson from all of that. Wow, I did not expect any of this. I mean, you would not get that from the way she writes. I know. Wow. I mean, but it makes sense because I mean, some of the hidden meaning things that yeah. they have, like the locking key one. 
was all about having like a drug abused like oh, abusive yeah. mother oh, i'm pretty yeah. sure like she just left her one day that like because she doesn't have a lot of like abusive stuff in her books but like there's little tiny like adult themes yeah they're like easter eggs they're like those things that do happen to teenagers when they're growing up you yeah. know like honestly I, when i talk about her as an author i'm like she's the nicholas sparks of young adult female books yeah that's very fitting yeah like it's, it's got just, a melancholiness of like yeah life is can be magical but it's still a little sad sometimes yeah, exactly and uh, I just, I love, even now when I'm 27 years old, like I reread a couple of them back recently when I started getting back into reading again and I was just like, oh! Oh yeah, I feel like as an adult I could chew through that in like a day and just have yeah. like a nice little, yeah, that's kind of nice. It's nice. I might like, do that. Yeah, it's really nice. <laughs> I I think I've done that with When It Happens over a hundred times. Oh, such a good uh, one. And I think this lullaby is also one that I've done that a lot with because, oh, I have these old, like, um, it's Eva Botson, and they're, it's like if Jane Austen happened in, like, the World War One and Two era. Okay. But it's, like, these romances that are, but they're, like, strong women, too. They're, it. they're It's not all about the romance. It's, it's really interesting to go back and read them as an adult because they're feminist in a real way, mm -hmm. and, like, there's even one where the whole thing is, like, her parents, her Mom and her aunts are suffragettes, and like they. What are suffragettes? Uh, they fought for women's suffrage. Okay, okay, they gotcha. Were, like bra burning feminists. Okay, gotcha. And she's like, I like to make cake and decorate <sighs> houses. That's not a bad thing. Mm. I can still be a strong woman and not be disrespected yes. and have these talents and these interests. It's okay to have those like softer qualities that are traditionally put with women, but yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just really I nice. It. It's nuanced. I love it. I Sorry. Love it. No, no. I love when people can geek out, geek out over like books that they love. Oh yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. That's why I like picked her to send. I was like, Oh yeah. She's just great. Oh, man. I love her. Um, so she attended Greensboro College in North Carolina, um, dropped out, uh, and then <laughs> enrolled in University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, um, specifically in creative writing, and actually uh, received top honors on graduation. Yeah. Hardcore. Um, she uh, waitressed at uh, Flying Burrito when she launched her writing career. <laughs> um, she later <laughs> quit after publication of the summer, that summer uh, in 96. Nice. Uh, and then later on, like, did uh, the dream? Uh, then then she did Dreamland. The Dreamland. Book. Yes. yes. So that like really like launched her. Yeah. Uh, I never actually read those. I have them, but like I never read them. I got halfway through Dreamland, and I don't. I think I like picked up another book mm -hmm. or something happened because yeah. I just was reading all the time back then. Yeah. Right. Oh. <laughs> to the point where you'd have like. I miss reading. I always had, like, multiple books going at one time, and I changed them with my mood. Gotcha. Okay, if I had two books that I was reading simultaneously right now... Oh. I do. I have 8,000 books. I have, like, and 20 I books up, up there. I haven't touched any of them. I used to actually have a whole shelf of all of my started books. Yes. Um, but then so I just, just like, pick. I just completely forgot about them. Yep. And now it's like I have to literally restart series yes. in, in order to read all of them. Yep. It's... Which... 
I it's, do. it's hell, but also like great at the same time because it's nostalgic. So I did get like a nice little reading mood last year, and I ended up reading yeah. all through Aragon. Me too. I read through like the whole <laughs> summer, and uh, that's how I read all the assassins. No, that was during the winter because I didn't have friends during that job in Indiana. <laughs> I don't remember, yes. and all I did was freaking read. Nice. Um, it's a good way to get through it. Yeah, it was. I what was that series called? Um, oh, the Throne of Glass series. Oh, by, um, okay. I know a couple something J like Moss, Sarah J Moss. Anyway, sorry. No, you're. Good. It's great. Like it's a great series. Uh, later on, she taught at her alma mater and wrote um, what was later to become this lullaby um, during that time. Um, and then, along for the ride, uh, became New York's uh, best time seller in two thousand nine. Um, best, uh, she was known as the bestseller machine, <laughs> which was yeah. why I was like Nicholas Sparks of female young adult. Yeah, she popped out uh, a lot. Novels. She was amazing. It's still amazing. Um, in 2017, she was awarded the Marker A. Edwards Award for uh, seven of her books. Um, yeah, uh, several of her books. Basically, the like the main kind of character that she wrote about was like young girls that were that were able to have friends that looked good. Um, and were good students and had their lives together. Like, it was perfect, and, like, that's what she's, like, known for. That's her writing style. Yeah. yeah. Um, because, like, almost every girl, like, even though they're not exactly like me, there's, like, something about them that I can relate to. Like, yes. And yeah. it just feels really good that you can read about somebody else that might be like you in different ways. So, and that's why I, like, fell in love with her as an author. Especially at that, like, critical time in life. Yeah, when you don't really have a lot of people that like you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. That wasn't trauma. Um, anyway. Uh, but, but like, ultimately, like, with that story, even though they had perfect lives, you know, like, they weren't always perfect. Like, their families yeah. weren't perfect. Like, one of my favorites, I believe it was this little, I think it's this lullaby. It's her mom, like, goes through, like, five or six marriages. And it's just really sad. Yeah. Because it's, like, the last one, like, this last one that ha- just happened for, like, the premise of the book, like, it ended. Hashtag spoiler. Sorry. Um, but it's just, she's she just knows how to do it. She's great. Yeah. She's just, I love it. She's got it down to a science. Yeah, yeah. She has uh, over 15 books published. Um, and then also a movie called How to Deal starring Mandy Moore. Um, oh, yeah. Actually, I didn't know about that. I yeah. need to watch it. I have it upstairs. You can borrow it along with yeah. Jennifer's body. Along with Jennifer's body's. The DVD is currently on the table. Yeah. Because I brought it last but time. But she forgot the disc, so she's taking it back. Yeah, that's fine. It just means it. I can watch it. Yeah, you're good. And you're taking How to Be. Uh, no, how to I deal. Can't. You're taking How to Deal. Not How to Be. That's so... No. Don't know. How to Be is not a good one. It's a Robert Pattinson movie. It's a good one. No. It's an indie one. It's weird. No, I uh, gotcha. Anyway. Um, so How to Deal was a movie that came out. It was actually based off two of her books. Um, the Summer... That summer and um, someone like you, yeah. Um, so there was like a combination because they were both the smaller ones, like in her beginning. Someone like you was one of those that yeah. I read over and over again because it was yeah. quick. Yeah, it was good. So like those were it was a combined combined movie. I thought it was genius. I like I, <laughs> I freaking love it. Like I just love. I think it's like the slice of life type feel that those yes. have. But also just seeing something that I've read or, like, read similar things to on screen, it's just, like... Yeah. Like, when I realized Nicholas Sparks wrote A Walk to Remember, I was like... Oh, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Damn. Anyway, it's great. But some really cool news that I found out about this. 
and this is my last thing, is that um, apparently on May 30th of 2019, Netflix purchased the rights to three books, um, This Lullaby, one of my favorites, Along for the Ride, and Once and for All, which is what I have not read. Oh. Um, and Along for the Ride is uh, the first one that's going to be coming out, which oh. is a really good one, too. And that's Heck the one yeah. that she, like, goes, like, off to the coast somewhere to, like, stay with an aunt, I think, yes. and, like, works... Near a bike shop, near yes. a bike shop, near a bike shop, <laughs> near a bike shop, or like have something like that. And it's it, very, that's like, a good safe one. Haven. Yes. yes, that's uh, yeah, that's all I got. With Sarah, she's uh, check her out if you have it. If you Sarah, just like Sarah. that good, like young adult nostalgic movie, or if you are a younger person, like it's you, nice, it's so good. All right, a second round of honorable mentions. In 1972, David Bowie releases his breakthrough album, The Rise and Fall of Steve. Ziggy Stardust yes. and the Spiders from Mars. Oh, Good yes. album. Yes. Uh, 1974, Danny Strong was born. If you don't know who that is, that is the guy that played Doyle in Gilmore Girls. Uh, he dated Paris. <laughs> yes. Yes. I He was born. Uh, and I was like, heck yes, you're an amazing actor. I love you. <laughs> um, 1976, The Omen premieres in the U.S. Oh, what a movie. <sighs> that movie, I can't. Mm. A lot of things happen. Non-set, scary, scary. <laughs> I don't even want to hear about it. I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like so that bad. shit. I don't I'm like that shit. Shut up, shut oh, up. I'm going to tell you all about no. it. No. Um, 1977, <laughs> Supreme Court tosses out automatic death penalty laws. Oh. They're just like, well, can't just kill people just to kill them because they did something wrong. She knows that 11% of uh, capital punishment, like deaths, end up being convicted as innocent afterwards. 11%. You could be innocent of a crime and die for it, Rachel. I would be innocent. There's no way they would find out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Slytherin bitch yes. And also you're a Ravenclaw like. That's true I feel like you'd call me and be like So I did something mm-hmm. And I need a little Fuck You can't ask me anything <laughs> You can't ask me any questions But I need one of your cars and I need you to come with me Whose car are we taking <laughs> <laughs> That's how it is um, Yeah so Let's do it Anyway um <laughs> Just kidding. 1983, Betty White becomes first woman to win Outstanding Game Show Host yes, she at does. Daytime Emmy Awards for NBC's Just Men. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Um, uh, 1986, um, Kathy Ormsbury, a 21-year-old member of North Carolina State Track Team, jumps off a bridge, oh. permanently paralyzing herself. It's oh, not necessary. Wow, that's, sad. <laughs> that's not an audible mention, but I was like, she deserves to be known. Oh, no, I love that notion. Yes, yeah. she deserves that. Oh, I my was gosh. Like, what the heck? That would have been something really, like, what happened? Oh. I don't know. I feel for you, Kathy Ormsby. Um, 1993, here I was born. <laughs> 47th Tony Awards. Yes. Angels in America. Yes, and I must Kiss that one of too. the Spider Women win. I start. I actually choose that as one of my top three. But when oh I started gosh. having flashbacks to um, world theater history, I said no. Fair enough. I hated Angels in America. I don't know about you, but I, I hated it. Appreciate its importance in the world 
and some of the things it did. Yes, for sure. I don't need to look at it again. <laughs> yeah, no. I tried to think about, like, well, I could, like, just talk about the show real quick to, like, give everybody a rough update. And I'm like, I'd have to reread the show. Yeah. And, like, I don't. It's so important. It, though, know. you know what? If you yeah. don't know about Angels in America, go go research it. Read it. Look into things about what it did, what it was. Mm-hmm. It's very, very important. There's been a movie adaption um, in 2017, which I was going to mention later on from the oh. last topic. But um, I, that's probably there is a movie. Also, it's on HBO as a TV show, too. Yes, I did. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Check it out. It's, Check just, it out. it's been it out. a weird one. But, yeah, that happened in the... Uh, and then in 2004, there was the 58th Tony Awards um, Avenue Q and I Am My Own Wife win Avenue an award. Q. Avenue Q. Good show. Good show. Yep. Uh, and then 2019, German serial killer nurse Niles Heugel. Oh. Jailed. Heugel. Heugel. Second life sentence, Heugel? Yes. There it is. Oh, yeah. we overlapped. <laughs> oh. No, that's okay. I, I saw serial killer and I was like, yep. Stuh. yeah, I got yes. it on the list. Oh God, yes, that's funny. That's what you said. Hoigel. I'm, <laughs> I'm keeping him in there. No, I love it. Do it. I love it. But yeah, that was my last one then. <laughs> okay. 1969. Joe Namath resigns from NFL after Pete Rozelle said he must sell his stake in a bar. Yeah. I don't know much sports, but I know those names are recognizable. And they told him, no, you can't do that. You can't have that. Mm -mm. And he said, okay, I quit. (laughs) (laughs) He said, deuces. (laughs) I can't have my steak. I'm I'm sure there's more detail, but like so far I'm on his side. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, more of do. Uh, 1971, Ed Sullivan Show. Okay. Last broadcasts on CBS TV. Aww. The last Sullivan show. Okay. We did Bye Bye Birdie when I was in high school. And that song. Ed Sullivan. Oh, it's it's a. I've never seen it. It's a little bit more of a bop than you'd think it would be. Yeah. Like, it's a like six part harmony. Oh. That's part of its acapella. What? Sung on stage. It's the weirdest, but like you turn it on, you go. Yeah, Ed Sullivan show. Like it's I don't know, it hits you. World after all. No. <laughs> That's what I think. Absolutely not. That's what I think. I'm sorry. 1971, Willie Mays hits record 22nd and last extra inning home run. Get it, Willie Mays? Yeah. Get it. There was a, Did you notice that in this date there was a lot of sports? Yes. Okay. There were a lot of sports things. And, like, um, so it turns out <laughs> a lot of uh, tennis stuff. Oh, yeah. in June. So a much tennis stuff. A lot of tennis. I was wow. like, good God. I can't remember. I don't know if it was like a French Open or I'm sure tennis people are like screaming at me right They're now. Like, but you suck. Like, get your shit straight and figure out your life. <laughs> you tell, you know. <laughs> 1983, Nicaragua expels three U.S. diplomats. I did no further research from there. I just. That's it. Some, some went down there. That was, that was probably big. Look at the gas lamps. <laughs> hey, <laughs> <laughs> the gas lamps. They were. were they cool. were. A, they were a big deal. Cool. They're a big deal. <laughs> I love the gas lamps. <laughs> you don't. I was so. <laughs> I was so pissed you didn't use this effect. <laughs> no, you were not. Rachel didn't want me to do the gas lamps, so I didn't do the gas lamps. But they were lit for the first time, and it was magical. Oh, not to, not today. That was a different day. Oh, 
long time ago. The gaslights are great. 1984, 12,000 die in Sikh Golden Temple uprising in India. Again, no further research. <laughs> Never I feel like Dang. I really should have put slightly more into my honorable mentions. I think it's because I compile my list. I'm like, oh, that's probably cool. And then I go no further than that, well, except on my main ones. <laughs> well, I get... I, I, I feel like a lot of them are kind of self-explanatory. Like, a couple of them I did so do most extra of them are, stuff. But I have a handful that are not self-explanatory. <laughs> but I think that... I just love that. No, it's, it's good. It's a laugh. Piques your interest. Go Google it. Get it. Okay. 1991, NBC announces Jay Leno will replace Johnny Carson as host of The Tonight Show. Anytime there's a changing of hands on The Tonight Show, people lose their minds. Mm-hmm. 1998, Sex in the City premieres in the U.S. I hated that fucking show. Oh, yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch it? <clears throat> Listen, honestly, honestly, there is no true value to the content on that show. I can make no argument for it, if I'm really being real with you. <gasps> Like, oh. Damn it! Be fun to watch. I bet <laughs> my mom watched it all the like, time, and Jersey I couldn't Shore, deal with you it. Just, you can't it. peel your eyes away. Mm-mm. No, I have special ones, and that's one of them. <laughs> I love it. I love it. 2012, the Solar Impulse completes first world's first intercontinental flight powered by the sun. They made a rocket, and it was powered by the sun. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. It's just cool. I want that <laughs> section. I want that recording of the ringdown for you. <laughs> you just said it in a way that was... I love things that fly. <laughs> Solar powered. They made a rocket. Birds, <laughs> rockets, planes, bumblebees. If you fly, you are fly. You are all right in my book. <laughs> <laughs> If you're fly, you're fly to me. Okay. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, gross. 2015. 2015. American Pharaoh is the first horse in 37 years to win the Triple Crown. Get it, American Pharaoh. We are from Kentucky, essentially. We're not from. You're There's a lot of Derby. Kentucky. There's a lot of. Der- you're not from Kentucky. <laughs> I'm not. There is a lot of derby. Derby it's would be happening right now, right? No, technically like a week or two ago, but yes. Dang. It's, it kind of. Summer just hit every, I, oh. Derby is like a huge part of my childhood because yeah. my grandmother always had big derby parties and it's just weird not to have the derby. Like even if I don't do anything with it, I'm like, oh yeah, derby time must be spring. Like that's. <laughs> Every time must be spring. That's how we tell the years change. Mint juleps, where? They're so bad that they're good. Yeah. It's so bougie. I've never had one. It. You just feel like a million bucks. I don't know. You feel like you have blood money when you drink a mint julep. A a dirty million bucks. Yes, it's a dirty power. I don't. So, <laughs> so those are the honorable mentions. <laughs> okay. Awesome. The third wombo combo. Wombo combo. Earth is a fragile place. Gotcha. And a tough bitch. <laughs> and a tough bitch. <laughs> she is though. I love it. In 1988, three turtles were found in the Bronx sewage plant. 
Three giant snapping turtles weighing over 50 pounds were found in the Bronx sewage system. The pipes are too cold and lacking in food for alligators and crocodiles, which is a common myth that they're down there in the first place, Mm -hmm. Um, but are survivable for freshwater turtles. Before you ask, (laughs) (laughs) which which this happened four years after the Ninja Turtles. No, so these turtles are not the inspiration. Ideally, I mean, (laughs) which which one are like? Okay, so you say it's not the inspiration, but (laughs) can you prove to me that it isn't just them? I mean, you said four years You're after. It's them. So, so which Ninja Turtle is missing? Like, come on. Let's talk about it. There's Raphael, which I would assume is missing. And then there's who else? Michelangelo, Leonardo, and the one whose name I can never which that's remember. that's the one that's missing. That's the one that's Nobody missing. Nobody can remember them. I don't remember who oh, he is. All three Musketeers. Raphael. Oh, t- Leonardo. No, there's uh, Mute. Michelangelo. Ninja... Turtles. <laughs> Names. Anyway, so something I found interesting. You, you'll come back to it with that. Donatello! Donatello! Ugh. Yeah, he would be forgotten. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Sorry, bro. Sorry, bro. Let's talk about the three that are left <laughs> over, though. The other three. Because you can't prove to me that they're not them. So you, are you going to picture the rest of this event as those three yeah. Ninja Turtles? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Uh, you're about to be so excited because um, there were some employees of the Bronx screening station that kept them as pets and fed them cold cuts and meatballs. It's the most New Yorker shit I've ever fucking heard. Just give it some meatballs! Give them a meatball! So, oh wait, I forgot to clarify. These are 50 pound snapping turtles. 50? Yeah. Which snapping turtle, like, like oh ha it's a turtle. That thing will take your fucking arm. It'll just bite it in half. Like, its bite will take Ugh. a hunk out of your skin. Ugh. That's your like that. meat, your arm, in one piece. Gone. Ugh. That's like that episode of Hey Arnold where he uh, releases a turtle into the wild, and I'm like, this turtle could have eaten you. <laughs> you dumb little bitch. Like, I get it. It was being tortured, and it's just a Nickelodeon TV show, but it was a snapping turtle. <laughs> Don't teach children to fuck with snapping turtles. No! Absolutely not. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, these These motherfuckers turtles. knew what was up again. Ninja <laughs> Turtles. Can't tell me I'm wrong. You're going to tell me I'm wrong? There's uh, two theories as to how they ended up in the sewers. They came in through the pipes leading from the Bronx River or East River. Mm-hmm. Or... The turtle eggs are hatched in the ponds at the Bronx Zoo or Central Park and make their way down below. They down survive. below? Down below. Darling, it's wet. Down where it's wet. That is not the tune of what I was trying to sing. I'm not sure what you're trying to sing. I'm going to cut okay. that. It's the Sebastian song from The Little Mermaid. No. No. Why can't we get the tune of the song? La 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 Kiss the girl Under the sea Under the sea That's what I was trying to do My god we've gotten off track Sorry Oh so them feeding them cold cuts 
So them feeding them cold cuts and meatballs uh, did lead to an investigation from the Department of the Prevention of Animal Cruelty because those are not good foods for animals to be eating. Oh, no, 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 no. And, yeah. (laughs) That's it. There were three really big turtles in the Bronx soup system. That's it? Yeah. And it was the Ninja Turtles. It was. It literally was. You can't tell me. You can't it tell me. It came to our world, but only one of them, because Donatello. Donatello said bye. Is he sleeping? What is he doing? Fucking teenager. I don't even boys. know like what Donatello is known for either. Like, is he the youngest? Who knows? Like we. <laughs> he, there's so many answers that could. We know. have the most approximate. Ninja Turtle knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Donatello's like, missing. Yeah, I totally know the Ninja Turtles. They're, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that about that personality. I don't know enough about that. I just know that nobody ever <laughs> remembers Turtles. Donatello. So We've been found out. We're not true Ninja Turtle fans. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, come on, at least we know about them to, like, can make that connection. Like, are we, my, tried, we tried. We tried. We were cute. <laughs> anyway. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, the second event in Earth is Fragile. 2002, an asteroid almost caused a nuclear war. Ah! So, what? <laughs> they were like pissed <laughs> off, like, we're gonna fuck you up, space, for throwing an asteroid at us. Fuck you up. That's absolutely not what went down. But I love that you thought that they were like, we're going to fight space. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, seriously, though. You're going to fuck them up. That's my first reaction. I love it. Oh, my gosh. I've had too much wine. There's more we can have for dinner. <laughs> I ain't got work till noon. <sighs> I don't. I don't gotta. I don't gotta work. She don't. Ooh, gotta work. I don't gotta work. She got, I don't wanna go to do the work today. I don't really wanna do the work today. I don't really wanna do the work today. I don't wanna do the work today. Yes. <laughs> Just this is an applause I for sing, our friendship. I sing that every time I'm getting all my stuff ready for work. Yes, I'm yes. like in my, in my car. I really do like work like a totally different song is playing, and I'm just like, I don't want to do the work today. Today, I don't really want to do the work today. I don't really want to do the work today. I don't really want to do the work today. Fuck. Yes, it's perfect. Hi, we like musical theater. <laughs> We're animated, didn't you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so, so the asteroid. Yeah. <laughs> so it was uh, up in space doing asteroid things. <laughs> I'm going to try to explain Mind this. its own business. As best as I can. Mind its own business doing asteroid things. Uh, and it came into our bubble. It came into our personal, personal space, personal our zone. system. And because of the way that our personal space slash zone is designed, it came into the upper atmosphere and exploded. So, <laughs> to give people like me who have a really hard time with like measurements in your head, mm-hmm. it was 10 meter diameter, which is like all the way across the core of it, mm-hmm. was about the size, the length of half of a semi truck. 
<laughs> so it was like that size. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so when something that size explodes in the upper atmosphere, hold on, I have the numbers. <laughs> so whenever something that big explodes in our upper atmosphere, it is the equivalent of 26 kilotons of TNT, which is comparable to a small atom bomb. That amount is slightly larger than either of the bombs that devastated Hiroshima and Nagasaki. What? It's, yeah. Slightly that bigger than that. was that big? So that, so what, did they think it was a bomb? So. Ah! <laughs> I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. So, no debris was located. Of course Because not. the asteroid basically disintegrated. Area 51. So the thing with nuclear bombs is like the radiation. An asteroid luckily doesn't have radiation. So it's something that was sh like shook. It was out over the Mediterranean Sea. Okay. So most of the blast, like, it fucked up some sea life for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but because there was no debris and no, like, explosion with it, they did eventually, like, decide, hey, we won't have a nuclear war. However, at the time, the India-Pakistan standoff was happening, 2001 to 2002. Okay. And it basically happened just to the left of directly in between them. Oh! Happened between, just to the left? Close. Like, way to almost go, oh my god. So, there was huge, like, everybody was freaking out because they were like, oh my god. We're all on the side. They are each gonna think that the other, like, dropped a nuke on them and they're gonna nuke back. Like, it's about to go off. Oh, it's no. about to pop off. It's a, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Oh my god. So, it did not. Luckily, like it did said, not. There was no debris, there was no radiation, no, like, out. oh man. Fire and brimstone, so. Whoa! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You just went <laughs> like you're ready to go. I gave you the thumbs up. You, I was ready. I'm so cute. I'm sorry. Okay. Um. So on June 6th uh, of 2010, um, the 50 at the 56th British Academy Television <laughs> Awards, uh, the TV show Misfits won uh, best drama. Um. So that was the event in time on June 6th. Um, but I'm just going to talk about the TV show Misfits. great. I love that show. <laughs> I, ooh, if you haven't seen Misfits, it's a really great um, BBC show. Um, it is about a, gr a group, literally, of misfits. Uh, basically, they've all done something illegal. Um, it's based in the UK. It's like a juvenile uh, detention center kind of deal. Yeah, like they do community service. It's yeah. like where they do required community service and they all yes. like have a group. Um, all of these characters are so cool. They're all different. Um, we'll go through them. Um, so... Uh, what is it that they like gives them their... Superpowers. It's a lightning storm. Oh, that's it's like a freak. Yeah, that's my favorite. This yes. is how we got power. It was so random. It's literally random. It's something that doesn't no happen. explanation. Yeah, like because when I watch shows, they're usually kind of like like BBC shows. They're usually like slice of life TV shows. Like, well, I think well, I watched Skins. That was kind of crazy. But like, I've never seen anything with like supernatural stuff other than like Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, like, this was different, and it was really cool. Yeah. I dug it. So, like, yeah, this is a group of kids. They all are, like, very different. Two of them are kind of, like, popular because of, like, sports and, like, social status. And then, like, 
this one kid's really weird and creepy. Another one's annoying as fuck and just wants... <laughs> he's a dick. He's a fucking dick. And um, and then another girl that's just, like, kind of trashy, but just, like, will beat Tuck you the nails. fuck up. Like, oh, I love it. Yes. So, um, I have not finished the show, so, like, while there are spoilers, warning. They're uh, only for, like, the first season. Yeah, like, it's... it's a, it, Kind of like it's. <laughs> we'll talk about the first season for like a, just a fair few moments, but yeah, it's it'll be brief. It'll be a brief backstory and just like you should get into the show. So one of the actor. Uh, so we've got Antonia Thomas and um, Ewan Rayan. <laughs> I think it's Ewan Rayan. Ewan Rayan. Uh, we watched a video a billion times trying to figure out the pronunciation, but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> Um, so these two, I think, are the most... Well, nah, that's a lie. Robert Sheeran is also very recognizable. Yes, Umbrella Academy um, as well. the first thing in a while that got really, really big. Yeah. He's amazing. He's oh, a very good actor. He was in... Really, um, all of them are. Immortal Instruments, too. Mortal Instruments, the, t- yes. the movie that yes. they made. It was terrible. He was amazing. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, you can have... It's a bummer. You can be good and work on a project that doesn't reflect necessarily your best work. Yeah, exactly. But... He's amazing. Yeah. So, you got Antonia, who plays um, Alicia. Uh, So, they get this group of kids. They're all weird. Like, she's popular, and they all get hit by lightning, and they get superpowers. So, she's given this, like, succubus-type-like power of, like, anybody she touches, like, is sexually attracted to her. Like, Um, violently. uh Uh-huh. Like, yeah, it's there's sometimes where like she like embraces it at first, um, like she's just like whatever, I'm having a fun time, and then after a while yeah. she's like, I can't do this anymore. Um, she's a nightmare. Yeah, power. I, yeah, I was there's some traumatizing points in that show that was yeah. like fuck. She's actually like the third person to get killed off in this show. Um, it's really oh. sad and kind of it leads with the plot line. Um, basically, there's a lot of like time travel. Yes. In this, it has um, a massive plot hole, by the way. Yeah. What is it? Oh, I spotted it when I watched it, and it kind of fucked the show up for me. Oh. Do you want to know what it is? Let's get through this, and okay. then we'll talk about it. So, yeah, there's a bunch of, like, time travel and stuff in it to where it affects the storyline thoroughly. So, like, it's complicated, but, yeah. oh, my God, that's why it won Best Drama. It get me yeah. reeled in. I binged watched like, three seasons, I think. Yes. Um, it was great. Solid plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Ewan Rayon played Simon Bellamy. Uh, his ability was invisibility, which I thought was kind of cool because it um, connected with his actual, like, character himself. Yeah. Like, Simon was weird and freaky and, and just, like, and literally invisible. Like, almost like all of these kind of powers they all received in this first few seasons, that's what I liked about it, kind of represented that something within them, in a mm. way. Like, both Alicia, like, Alicia, like, she had much sex appeal. And mm-hmm. so, like, it just, like, was amplified. And then Simon was just weird, and nobody noticed him, so he turned invisible. And then it just, uh, like... And then, like, aspirations these people had. Like, so, for the guy that played Curtis, um, played by, um, uh, who was played by Nathan Stewart Jarrett. Oh, my gosh, his, his power. <laughs> his power is time travel, which is, like, a big thing it's in this like whole show. random. Like, it's yeah. so hard for him to control, mm-hmm. and it's so interesting. And I think it, the cool connection I see with his power is that, like, he, he he was basically caught in the wrong 
yeah. place at the wrong time and like was going on to do sports and like running and stuff and like so his situation like his he's his aspiration is like he wish he could turn back time basically or like go back fix things whatever yeah. and like I feel like that's that's weird that he gets that kind of power. Yeah. And then the uh, Lauren Socha that plays Kelly, she has uh, the uh, ability of telepathy. And I think just, like, being a person that's kind of, like, trashy and gossipy and, like, just can be all-knowing yeah. at that point. And then, uh, yeah. So, in the beginning of the show, you these guys' powers, these four, like, are very apparent. But, like, the guy that plays Nathan in the show, Robert Sharon... This is not apparent. I love when you find out what his is. <laughs> yes. um, he's just, it, it literally is just one of those like, fuck, like, <laughs> like this is seriously what it is? Well, good for me, um, I guess. And then he dies. Um, he's immortal. Yes. Just so it's, it's like, pretty, you find out pretty soon. Yeah. But it's not even, he doesn't like have to heal. He yeah. just comes back. Yeah. He's just there. It's pretty. I love that that was that was a great part of the show. Like when yeah. he, it was like I think the end of the season when you find out what his real power is is like yeah. he wakes up in underground. Yeah. Said, oh, he just and then I keep bringing on Under, Umbrella Academy, but like he he's dies so, in that show yeah, too. Yeah, he plays Klaus in that. Yeah, and he, and he I nobody deals with like a death character better than him. He I love Roshiran. Like I I'm in love with men with curly hair mm-hmm. and yeah. like. Sean Flynn Bad from Zoe Boy, but of Gold, kind yeah, of. Yeah, <laughs> like... Or at least that's the characters. I don't know if I love actually it. like that. Ah, uh, he's Heart of Gold. <laughs> I love him. And Robert story. Sharon, if you hear this. He does We're in love, love with you. Literally in love with you. <laughs> so, anyway, um, all these characters, like, kind of initially have, like, powers that represent themselves, but, like, throughout the series, like, some of them... Give up their powers, sell them, like, or trade them, things yeah. like that. And, like, that's how the series kind of progresses. And, you know, it's, like, kind of one of those, like, underground market kind of things. It's not really a well-known thing, but also yeah. is kind of yes. known. Yeah. It's not, it's like, not recognized by the public, I guess, like, government, whatever. It's yeah. just something that happened. Yes. They're dealing with it. People are adapting. Yeah. Um, but it's a sick show. Uh, there's a lot of twists and turns. And, um... You should watch it. <laughs> and I don't... I don't want to really know if I want... I don't know if I want to know ah! what the plot hole is, Miranda, but, like... You tell me off-air if you want to know about the giant plot hole. No, I want... I want to know. I don't want to say it on here. I'll tell you off-air. Okay, that's fine. I will want to know. <laughs> if people want to know, they can, like, message me or whatever. Exactly. They can I send some this... fan mail. <laughs> don't, don't, don't send that. us some fan send mail. Us, send us some mail. Like, send us all that fan mail. Get a PO box. We'll, we'll get oh, one. It'll be cute. Like physical letters. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I would love it. Anyway, but okay. yeah, it's complicated. It's a good drama. I thought it was really cool to find out that a show that I really liked had won an award like this on the state. So yeah. you should check it out. It's good. It's yeah. so nice. It's such a good show. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, look, it's a hell yeah flock of birds. Hell yeah, flock of birds. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. That's silly. <laughs> too much. Too much. All right. Real quick before we go, we want to say look out for our next episodes. They're going to be coming in July sometime. Uh, they're going to be a little bit shorter. This has been the 
the special premiere. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll be a little bit shorter, so you have them more often. A little something for your car ride. Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully, we'll be able to do at least four episodes a month. One of which is a special where we'll either have a guest or fully focus on one event that happened within the month. Do you some know. trivia. Yeah, we, t- we talked about debate, trivia, like... Well, something, well, something special so each time. Special. You never yeah. know what you're going to get. For sure. Because life is like a box of chocolate. So, thank you. Uh, subscribe and share. Yeah. If you like it uh, and Follow you want some more of it, videos, yeah. hit that... Slam that subscribe <laughs> button, guys! <laughs> like us here on the Randy Rochelle Podcast. <laughs> it's not nightcaps and recaps, but it's nightcaps and recaps. But seriously, thank you for listening and tell your friends. <laughs> yeah, tell your friends, share, like, all the things. We want to hear from you, too. If you guys have events and things that you would love to hear about, please reach out. Um, on our social media platforms that will be linked to our accounts. Wherever you listen wherever from. Wherever you find it. Spotify yeah. is pretty easy. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get iTunes soon. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So the song of the day will end off with uh, released on June 6th, 1960 and written by Roy Orbison and Joe Melson. Who we found out Roy Orbison's wife died on <laughs> June 6th as well. Oh my god. My goodness. R.I.P. This song goes out to you. Yeesh. Maybe. I don't know what it's about. (laughs) But here we go. So, described by the New York Times as having a clenched, driven urgency, um, this song went to number two in the Billboard Pop Music chart in one month and number one in four months. Um, Orbison was sitting in his car to write in peace while his wife and new baby slept in their apartment. He's letting them get some rest while he wrote his songs. Oh. Hardworking little family with their new baby. Their new baby. He's just writing songs in the car. When Joe Melson tapped on his window and suggested that they have a collaboration. He just like, hey, hey. man, uh, you want to write some music together? <laughs> yeah, brother. That's the chillest interaction. So relaxed. It's beautiful. They're ready. Uh, originally turned down for recording by Elvis Presley. Totally sounds like a Presley song. Oh. He totally could have had that. Um, they recorded it on their own. Um, Roy Orbison had a beautiful, like, powerful falsetto. Oh. And it came out of nowhere. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, this guy's really good. I can't wait to hear this. When Elvis heard the song he had turned down, he reportedly bought a box of the records to give out to his friends. Oh. He was like, oh, damn. That oh, was damn. a good song. Uh, oh, man. Here we that, go. That's a well-written song. Take one. I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked, 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 fucked up. <laughs> These are the worst Elvis and Fred. We're terrible Wait. I can't even think of a single Elvis song now. I love Elvis. Oh, no. <laughs> you ain't know the boat. Hey, oh, oh, no. Wow. I almost said achy, breaky heart. I, all right, it's time to go. <laughs> <laughs> that is not, not Elvis. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys. There's the song of the day. Thank yeah. you guys for listening. If you make it this far, <laughs> we appreciate you it. You weren't annoyed by us, but no. <laughs> Hopefully not. We've had a good time. Yeah. We hope you have too.